This is the second dragon in a row that uh, we're going to cover that is based on Spelljammer uh, that doesn't have a goddamn layer. Mm-hmm. How do you reconcile the fact that we've got dragons with hordes, but no layer effects? Considering what Fizban gave us about all of the layers, and there's multiple layers for every dragon, all with different sizes of hordes, and this is how they level up and gain more power and cast spells. And how how do you guys... Do you feel like we just throw all of Fizzbands out the window for Spelljammer, or do we have to do extra legwork to make it fit? I think you could use Fizzbands to make it fit. Like, Fizzbands gives you so much that you can use to work with and inspire you on any dragon. I think you need... I think you need to flip through it in order to fill these out. Yeah, you, I agree. You can use it. You gotta do a bigger leg, bit of legwork, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, the fact that there's no lair listed anywhere means that you can't really get it wrong. So however mm-hmm. you imagine this, when all the dragon layers are different, whatever kind of uh, shake you put on it, it's not going to be wrong to, to people. But yeah, you got a bit of legwork to do it. But you can do it with Fizzbands. It's enough yeah. in there. I mean, even in Fizzbands, there's a couple of dragons that they don't give you a map, but they say, use this dragon's map mm-hmm. and adjust it in this way. So I think you could even do that. Um, take one of the maps that they give you and just adjust the flavor. Honestly, we struggled last time with the, the layer for the solar dragon. I feel a lot better about coming up with something for a lunar dragon because at least we have a fucking yeah. surface to work with. Yeah, <laughs> it's not just yeah, a exactly. burning ball of gas. <laughs> Welcome to the It's a Mimic podcast, where you never know what you're going to get. Welcome to another It's a Mimic episode, where we continue our conversation on dragons in Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition. I'm Pepperina, and with me today are Terry and Adam. And this episode is called Lunar Dragons, The Dark Side of the Moon. In this episode of the It's a Mimic podcast, this panel of Dungeon Masters is going to explore another Spelljammer dragon that stalks the cosmos and eats space pirates. Which, by the way, they're called vampirates in the Spelljamming book because they're all vampire pirates and it drives me up the fucking wall. I love a good pun, but that one pisses me off. (laughs) Before we get into Lunar Dragons, though, I wanted to ask you guys. Do you think we needed these dragons for Spelljammer? Like, I touched on this briefly in the last episode that they seem to be tacked on because there's always a dragon. Do we need this? Should there be a whole spectrum, like gem, chromatic, and metallic? Should they have put the effort into building this out a little bit and given us, like, star dragons, comet dragons, void dragons, and shit like that? Or is the whole damn thing unnecessary and we were fine the way it was before? This was not the content we needed for... Are we rolling? Yeah, yeah, let's roll. It says to roll. All right. (laughs) 13. Eight. I I got a natural one. Take us away, Terry. This was not the content that we needed for Spelljammer. We were crying out for more Spelljammer content. It took us long enough to get it. We had all these questions when the book came out. And they said, cool story. Here's a couple of dragons that are loosely defined and we don't have the answers to. And then we said, that's not what we meant. That's not what we wanted when we said we had questions and we needed more Spelljammer content. So I don't think that we did need this. I'm never going to say we don't need dragons. <laughs> like, I get it. But like, 
I mean, that's fair. I, yeah, yeah, I would I would love to see star dragons and comet dragons and void dragons. Um, I don't know that every dragon has to be uh in its own little box like gem and chromatic and metallic. I do like the standalone ones, um, like dragon turtles and deep dragons and moonstone dragons. Like those are some of my favorite ones. And they don't like they don't have to have a god that they fit in that this is why they were created to exist. Um so yeah, I'm but you, fine. You bring up a damn good point though, is I mean, we've got Bahamut and Sardior and Tiamat. Who are these fucking dragon gods, right? Like yeah. where are these guys coming from? What how do they branch off from the rest of the dragons to get like this? And we'll never have answers. It's not mm-hmm. thought out that well. Yeah. It's not that I don't want more dragons. I do. Honestly, in my opinion, the Fizzbands book was great. It didn't have enough dragons that were new. Like, we got gem dragons. Mm-hmm. And then everything else was just, like, a rehash of the old dragons and, like, draconic creatures and dragon-based NPCs. And, like, there weren't more dragons. I wanted gray dragons and brown dragons and purple dragons. Like, I wanted more and more. These things would have been really cool to go in there because, at that point, they fucking knew what they were doing. Spelljammer was in development when, or, or like, probably early development but they could have said hey yeah we're, we know it's coming here's the solar dragon here's the lunar dragon we're going to give them the same basic treatment as everything else if you're going to do it do it don't don't half-ass something when you can whole ass something just fucking do it right like mm-hmm. i really like the idea of there being cosmic dragons and having some sort of like th- there are five different kinds of cosmic dragons and and each one adds a little bit to the spell jamming landscape and i think that would have been really cool to include like a star dragon based around divination is all about the stars right but if you're traveling between the stars you can see constellations from a different perspective and get insight on maybe how these prophecies and this divination works differently and have like kind of a 3d view of shit we're never going to get that. Nobody made a star dragon that can do that shit and give us the answers behind why the cosmos exists the way that they do. Like, it could have been so cool. We got nothing. Um, I would rather they had not given us these bullshit dragons in Spelljammer and just given us more weird Spelljammer monsters mm-hmm. than half-ass it like they did. Uh, but I would have ultimately preferred to get a full smattering of cosmic dragons. Yeah. Always more dragons is the answer. If I can be honest, <laughs> like, we should be harvesting these dragons' corpses as well to put Spelljammer ships in it, right? Like like the hollowed out and preserved petrified dragon corpse that has, you know, a mast sticking out of the hollowed out back. And, you know, the wings are, are act as sails and things. It would have been really, really cool. They just didn't bother to have to put any inspiration behind these dragons. So yeah, I the way I would have imagined dragons coming into Spelljammer would have been as ships in the same way that I see as like the Klingon warbirds and the birds yeah. of prey, and I I forget the names exactly, but I imagine like a red dragon, a black dragon, whatever. These should be different kinds of vessels. I agree. That one's so mm-hmm. cool. Well, now now we need to create that. <laughs> Real homebrew that later um but i think that's enough rambling for right now let's cut to an info break so we can get this discussion started we have previously covered quite a bit in our discussion on dragons in fifth edition 
For all those episodes and more, you can follow or subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and dozens of other podcast apps. And if you'd like to support us, you can donate through the website, check our store, or join our Patreon and get access to other episodes and series. If you'd like to pay for some ad space on It's a Mimic, or just shout out to a friend, please reach out to us through our email and website that are listed in the show notes below. This week on the It's a Mimic Patreon, Tyler and I sit down with a campaign builder and talk about one of the most contentious things that a dungeon master can do, and that is decide before a session even starts that the player characters are destined to lose. But for now, let's get back to the episode. All right, so Lunar Dragons come to us from Boo's Astral Menagerie and the Spelljammer set. There are, what, three books in there? Um... The book describes them as capricious and xenophobic. Uh, I had to look up exactly what that meant, especially capricious. Um, <laughs> I don't, I don't know big words, guys. <laughs> uh, basically, they have intense and unpredictable mood swings and hate everyone that is not a lunar dragon. Is how I interpreted that because xenophobic says specifically not of that nation. I think is the wording when I looked it up. Yeah, xenophobic. So it just yeah, means was, anybody that's not you, right? Yeah. So I wasn't sure how to exactly interpret that. Um, into, you come to the right place if you need help interpreting that. Yeah, I can help yeah. you. Thank you. God. Thank you. <laughs> oh no, Terry. Oh no. <laughs> no, I meant I should clarify. I meant because of the reputation history of the UK, not yeah. because of Terry's personal opinions in 2023. I meant because my island of England, Scotland, and Wales has a constant rivalry in Ireland. You get it all. Okay. Like, okay. Yeah, I should have okay. clarified that. Yeah. Not because right. Terry hates French people. Although. All right. And with that. <laughs> um to make their layers uh they dig into moons with their burrowing capabilities uh to prepare for laying an egg a female lunar dragon will first go out and stock up on food as she won't leave her layer again until after the child is old enough to fend for itself it does not necessarily say what their food is or how old the child has to be um so i'd say use your discretion as a dm there like i assume between hatchling and wormling but we never yeah. get any but hatchlings in fifth ed so I yeah know. yeah i don't i don't know what fending for yourself as a lunar dragon mother looks like <laughs> um in the picture their eggs look very much like a moon rock they are light gray with a stony shell the description of these dragons is only about two sentences in the book um they are white when hatched and get darker as they age until they become a slate gray as ancient. Like that's literally all that's written. Uh, but if you look at the picture, there's so much more to them. The underneath of the wormlings wings are a pink coral color and their eyes glow in a similar shade. They have long spines that go all the way down their back um, under their chin and on the backs of their legs. These all get much longer as they get older. Um, I would imagine these are to help them with their burrowing through the tough stone of the moon layer it's in. Lunar dragons don't necessarily care about the tre the treasure that they acquire. They just don't want anyone else to have it. 
Um, but you should find one or more spell jamming helms taken from anyone who came too close to their territory. These dragons can become like half incorporeal. Uh, they can't pass through walls or creatures, but they become dark and spectral. That's such a weird detail. Yeah. <laughs> I guess like the dark side of the moon. Like, I, just... I guess. <laughs> like, that's sort of how I interpreted that. Um, but they get a mechanical change with that, right? I think it's resistance they do. to bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I will get into uh, that in a little bit, I think. <laughs> um, for their layers, uh, like we said, there's not a whole lot there. Um, their layer is a series of tunnels with lots of wide open storage spaces for food and treasure. Each layer will be a bit different depending on the moon it's in. Some suggestions from the book are to add would be natural springs, wild gardens, crystals, uh, magical phenomena, um, or an ecosystem of lesser beings adapted to living with a dragon. So they give you, I think they give you a little bit more than they did with the solar dragons, but still it's it's, not a lot. No, I'm I'm sorry. Like it is like they address it, but they they say, "Oh yeah, more stuff." They yeah. don't fucking give you anything. Yeah, we, we sat there in the Solar Dragon episode and and ranted a bitch about how they wouldn't have any minions because they didn't mention it. This one says there are minions. Maybe <laughs> homebrew it yourself, right? Yeah. And it just fucking drives me nuts that they acknowledge the fact that they didn't do the fucking work. Yeah. And That's I why we're we here said, to do the work. <laughs> and we said there was more. Yeah, there's more than the solar dragons, but there it's just the same amount or less than than the regular dragons. I mean, what did we get? We got layers this time. Oh, this is a cosmic dragon. It's a lunar dragon. What do the layers look like? Aha! They're tunneled. They're tunnels in rock, and there are caverns where they store things. Yeah. Okay, great. Well, thanks very much for that. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Um, We do get regional effects with these. They have three. The first one is Black Frost. A thin layer of Black Frost covers the ground, killing all ordinary plants that grow within six miles of the dragon. If the dragon is ancient and three miles as an adult. I did find it interesting that this gives you a difference because in the other ones, your regional action is your regional action. It's that distance. Consistency would be fucking grand. Yeah. (laughs) So I don't know if you want to like, if that means we should go back and change the other ones as we're using them or like, um, if I if I'm gonna go back and change anything, it's gonna be goddamn editors. <laughs> um, the next one is haunting moan. Uh, haunting sound gets louder or fainter the closer uh, one gets to the layer. Again, six miles for ancient, three miles for adult. And then the third is moon devils, swirling funnels of dust and frost, known as moon devils, crisscross the area within one mile of the layer. Uh, intercepting creatures they come across. A moon devil is a free-willed air element that deals cold damage instead of bludgeoning. If the dragon dies, all of these things stop in 1d10 days. So is there a stat block for these? So they're not devils, they're elementals? Yeah, you. I guess just use air elementals and yeah, with cold call damage, them moon devils. And, yeah. yeah. 
The, that's not unusual, actually. They're, the blue dragons summon air elementals as well that do lightning damage, mm-hmm. I think. So yeah, that's kind of lifted right from... I don't know what I call the moon devils, but sure. Can we go back to Haunting Moan for just a half second here and find out yeah, what the yeah. fuck that's about? First of all, <laughs> there's a haunting sound. If it gets fainter, the closer you get to its lair, mm-hmm. how loud is it? Like what, At the six-mile mark, it's suddenly deafening. And then it just gets quieter and quieter. What the fuck is that about? (laughs) The idea that that the dragon can choose if it gets louder or or quieter sounds... Yeah. I don't know. It's just so fucking weird. I guess if you chose for it to get quieter as just an adventure, you would assume if something's getting quieter, you're going further from it. So maybe you feel like you're going in a safer direction than you actually are. Sure. Uh, this I just like the, the reverse in that it gets louder as you get closer to the dragon. Firstly, because it kind of makes sense. But secondly, mm-hmm. then you could maybe have a deafened condition, which plays in with the solar dragon's blinded condition. It's like the other yeah. side of the coin to that. So it would have fit right in and we would have gone, oh, well, that makes sense. But to mm-hmm. flip this around, now I'm going, well, why? Well, you can do well, either well, or. It's the dragon's decision on if it gets louder right. or fainter. Yeah. But. There's just there's just this weird concept of this thing being not quite in reality that we're gonna get with the ability that it can phase, right? And the the haunting moan that can either be louder or quieter, or the, there's just this this idea that you never really know where it is and it's kind of ethereal in nature, but but not really only and, half ethereal. <laughs> like it just it feels odd. Yeah. And I is this to represent the fact I was having trouble wrapping my brain around it and it just it just hit me now. Is this to represent the changing phases of the moon? Sometimes the moon is there and sometimes it isn't as far as you can see from Earth. Mm. Like maybe that's maybe. why it is this way. I mean, I could at least see that being a reasoning. I'm literally talking on my ass now on this. We're stuff. just trying to pull out reasons. Yeah. <laughs> to justify these things at this point. Um, but sure, yeah. I mean, and maybe, like I said, that they have the intense mood changes. Like, you could have that be... Part of the phase is it's a full moon, oh. so it's crazier. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, because it just, it gives you a very brief, like, they're moody. <laughs> <laughs> so again, if, it's judge, if it's a judge, you know, if it's a judge or something, or passing sentence, or making a decision about your life, you don't want it to be in its black moon phase. Yeah. yeah. Be the best, the best mood. <laughs> Uh, again, I want to point out we don't get layer actions. Not really. No. Right. No. All right. Um. Well, that's all I've got for the lore. I think I wrote probably more than what is actually in the book. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, that's all there is. But I've got some questions. Should we roll? Well, oh, I got. I, I got lots of questions. I got so many questions. Yeah. <laughs> questions. <laughs> all right. I got an eight again. Eighteen again. Seven. One. Oh, I got a one. Okay. Um. So, Adam, before we jump into the mechanics, how do you feel about the lore surrounding these dragons? I'm sorry. There's <laughs> lore surrounding these dragons. <laughs> what fucking lore? This is the same problem I had with the solar mm-hmm. dragons. There's there's nothing here, right? Yeah. It's this is it. Literally, is this is a dragon? It's temperamental. Yeah. That's yeah. that's They're what just we've got. Kind of dicks is what the lore tells me um but i got that with neutral evil <laughs> dragon already yeah. like you're not <laughs> fucking blowing my mind with any of this stuff yeah i yeah. think 
I think the thing about them, like, not really caring about treasure, but only taking it so others can't have it, is just, like, the biggest dick move I think I've read in any dragon. <laughs> like, because dragons are greedy, and they take things from people, but it's because they want those things. It's not just because they just don't want you to have them. I, right, they don't I, want I, you to have it, yeah. Yeah. You guys know that right now that like on the internet, BDE is one of the phrases tossed around as big dick energy. But I get mm-hmm. the I get the feeling now that it's black dragon energy, right? When you're just mm-hmm. causing fucking harm for the sake of causing harm. Mm-hmm. Big BDE. There we go. <laughs> black dragon energy for these lunars. Like, but okay, Terry, you, you have been playing with black dragons now for a while in your campaign. Mm-hmm. Is the lunar dragon thematically like from a personality standpoint, is it different than a just a homebrew black dragon? I think so. I think it's a different kind of dick in a way. Yeah. Uh, it's a different kind of BDE. Aren't so the black dragon, black dragons are sadistic, right? So they want to hurt you slowly and you will die slowly. This is, they want to take things away from you so that you can't have it. But there's no sadism that's noted mm-hmm. here. Is it, are they just bullies then? Yeah. It's the difference between a sadist and a bully? Pretty much. And They're I think probably like... just hurt in some way. Like, Tyrion and I think both of our favorite dragon is a black dragon. Um, I hate these. (laughs) These are my least favorite dragon. No. (laughs) Yeah, I think of all the dragons. Yeah, I'm not too into them either. And I think it's that, maybe it is that neutral evil side. Maybe it is that, there's not, it doesn't seem that they have a, to just want to take things just so you can't have it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't fuck with that. It's like... uh, I, I, I just I gotta like be it. clear. I gotta be clear. This is the only unique trait that they have. Yeah. Uh, because they're just other than that, neutral evil dragon. Uh-huh. It, the lair is like it it tunnels. It's what just one of the tunneling dragons. The the lair is nothing. The the personality is nothing. There's there's no real details about the eggs. It gives us it gets darker as it ages. We get that shit in all the chromatic dragons. All the metallic mm-hmm. dragons have details like that. Like we're not. There's nothing. Nothing important. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing um, to leverage. Yeah. We we have we have nowhere to go. There's no breadcrumbs. Nothing to expand upon. It's if, just if, it takes treasure, so you can't have it. it. Doesn't really have an agenda outside of that, and it yeah lives in the tunnels and caverns. All right. Yeah. Great. If I if I can be perfectly honest, when we first pitched the idea of doing monster episodes and actually separating the dragons out from the monster episodes, this was how many fucking years ago, Terry? When you, Dan, and I sat down to talk about it, we wanted to highlight dragons because we thought the stat blocks were loose, and we really wanted to get into trying to pull as much as we could out of the very basic information that we got in the monster manual but it has way more information than this the reason what we do episodes like this at all is to find the inspiration that exists there's nothing here there's mm-hmm. it's so bare bones that we have to go to the stat block to find something interesting and reverse engineer how is this going to work right yeah this is one of the more interesting yeah. case studies because it's so light on the lore yeah so thinking yeah. about that and what we can add to it what kind of spells would you give it I, m- moonbeam like yeah. M- moonbeam yeah <laughs> right honestly why does this not if if it's changing if it's phasing if it's part of the moon and whatnot all that's tied to lycanthropy right like mm-hmm. traditionally speaking oh. shape changing should be one of the themes here 
right? For itself or maybe for others as well. Like any sort of druid or shifter is permanently in their beastish, like their most beast-like mode when they are dealing with a lunar dragon, when they're in a radius of. This is interesting, neat, weird shit that we could be doing, right? Yeah. But we're not. Like just all of its minions are were- Are lycanthropes. Yeah, yeah they, they should all be fucking were dragons, mm-hmm. right? Where they're all like were drakes. There we go. I like it. Um, I would give them because like they look like stone, their eggs are stone. What I think it's gnomes or dwarf like rack gnomes get the where they can blend into stone things. Mm-hmm. Like I think that should be built into um um stone cunning, that kind of thing that you get from dwarves and gnomes. Yeah. I'd give them that for sure. Oh, yeah. Um yeah. you had mentioned like meteor strike before. I would flavor that and like it to be just ro- like rocks, like moon rocks. Right, we're looking to earthing stuff at, yeah. at this point as well, like like mold earth mm-hmm. and, and flesh to stone and vice versa, like that kind of shit. But yeah, like we're scraping the bottom of the barrel already. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, you uh, got Paprina, yeah. you were talking about is it false appearance that you were talking about, Paprina? Where you can, yeah, it might be, yeah, where they can just blend in with the stone around them. Yeah, I forget if there's a different term that the rock gnome has, but false appearance is like mimics. You know, yeah. that, but mm-hmm. that would make sense for this as well. If we're going to go down the lycanthropy kind of route, maybe we could give them like the other side, like remove curse or something, which would be a reason why maybe you would go and see one of these. It's not a whole else to pull on, but yeah, you're right. Moonbeam. Um, yeah, they kind of talk about, I think they go into the like, border ethereal or something you said, didn't they? Or something like that. Half, half yeah, incorporeal. they're like half so, before. I mean, maybe like plane shift limited to like ethereal plane or something but um yeah, totally like we're, we're really just just pulling out whatever we can find here for these yeah. guys <laughs> how do we feel about their regional effects and lack of layer actions fuck that's what yeah. i got that's like I'm, the, the black frost you. living in ohio is just like oh that's just black ice on the road when you're driving yeah <laughs> like that's just what that is. Standard. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's yeah, maybe they should just lend into like weather, but like should have done like freezing rain or something as well. Oh, uh-huh. fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just hey, give them Ohio I, weather. They, they just. <laughs> what, what's the, what is generating this haunting moan? I don't know. It doesn't touch on that. Like, yeah, just the echoiness of the moon caverns. I don't know. Like. Right. Do they just have like... a tunnel that they like moan into, and it's like one of those? Th- have you guys ever been to a playground where they have pipes and you can mo- like talk into yeah. one side and it comes out the other side? Is it just that and like a tunnel comes up and you can hear a moan? It is. I mean, they're kind they're of just... dancing around <laughs> the ethereal plane, and like it seems like they should go in like the undead kind of direction. In which case, that would have made sense the haunting moan, but they didn't really. So I don't know what made the haunting moan like it's just it's not obvious there must be a reason that they came up with this somebody pitched it a wizard they said yes that works because of this reason and then they never told us what that reason is there was now i'm i'm stretching up my memory here it's been a couple of decades since i've really done a deep dive on this stuff but back in the days of like ben bova and and ray bradbury and some of these old like pulpy sci-fi writers uh so some of the stuff was hard science but a lot of it was not it was pulpy there was the idea that if you'd go to other planets and other moons and stuff there there would be sounds to them 
that would be different. Like we're used to Earth's sound, so we don't we don't think about the frequency of the noise that Earth itself makes. Now, when you think about science, that's largely bullshit. However, I wonder if this is because it's Spelljammer, if that's a little bit of a a throwback to that kind of pulpy um, idea. And that it was common enough that I remember reading it more than once and being like a young teenager and being like, oh, that's actually really neat. That's a cool idea that there would be a weird background hum wherever you would go. Is that what this is? Because I I don't think it is. Also, guys, I want to ask, speaking of layer actions and regional effects, Clearly, with the Black Frost and the Moon Devils that are doing cold damage and whatnot, the Moon is based on our Moon, which is a barren wasteland up in space. It is just an empty fucking rock with gravity. Yeah. However, not every Moon is like that, right? And I mean, even in like, even in bad, bad science, science fiction, we have like, like Star Wars. You go to the moons of Endor, which are lush with with foliage and whatnot. And we have shit like, hey, there might be natural springs and heat vents, wild gardens, crystal formation. That's not our... Pick a moon. <laughs> like, <laughs> give us some fucking consistency with these lair actions and things as well. Like, I love that the that the Lunar Dragon's lair could be this or this or this or this or this. And then the regional effects are, it's cold. There's, yeah. there's just cold. It's just... That's what we get. It's just cold. black ice. Watch where you step. But also it does yeah, tell it, like, you rains. that you can have like like wildlife growing, but also that effect kills all plants within six miles. So it knocks its own thing out there. Yeah. When true. I talk about the lack of editing in Spelljammer, this is what I mean. When I talk about the complete and total contradictory bullshit that you can find through pretty much everything since Icewind Dale, like there was, they clearly fired some editors and hired on a handful of artists because the artistry is really nice. Like, I don't want to take away from mm-hmm. the, we get some beautiful art in these later books, but that seems to be where they're putting their effort in. I just assume that all of these, all of the attention to detail is sitting over on the one D&D stuff, right? That Like, that's where they're looking like, hey, we need another book. What have we done yet? Spelljammer? Okay. Two hours out of your eight-hour day, you do Spelljammer. Six hours, you do one D&D. Yeah. I would... I would not be surprised at all if they were putting the wealth of their resources into one DD. That's their big revenue builder coming up. That's where all of the focus is on. We're at the tail end of fifth edition here. We're banging out that last little bit of stuff where hey, look, we didn't get to it yet. It's not like they're like, okay, let's get all the best people in the company working on the Lunar Dragon project and let's stick all the noobs on one DD. Not at all. You're probably absolutely right, Adam. And that's just a matter of distribution of resources. Mm-hmm. From a business standpoint, I've worked at dot-com startups and stuff. Like, the, you you do what you need to do to keep the lights on as you're developing the next big thing, right? And you can definitely tell anybody who plays video games knows that when the support starts to fail, that's right around the same time that the next release, the sequel's coming out, right? And that's what this feels like. That's what late-stage 5th edition is. And unfortunately, that's what we end up with these, these fucking dragons here, which are mm-hmm. clearly contradictory if... They're, the six details they gave us are all <laughs> conflict. <laughs> yeah, I, you know what? I bet that's just that's going to be a huge part of it. They're right. They've got mm-hmm. a, They'll have a schedule. Of course, they know how often they need to do a release. They know the amount of revenue that they're, they're likely to generate from this. 
they know the amount of revenue that they need to generate to keep the lights on, you know, as they're building this next big project, it's exactly what this feels like, where to them, they, they will be aware of all of these obvious concerns that we raise with these dragons. And they're probably going, look, it doesn't matter. We're going to use these dragons for about three weeks. There'll be a total of 12 DMs across the world that use these before one DNT is released. So it doesn't matter to them. Mm-hmm. I I wonder if that's why we're getting Spelljammer and the new Fandelver book. The first half of it is just the Lost Minds of Fandelver. Um, so we also got Planescape. I wonder if they know that the people that are going to play in these settings here are already fans of the settings. We're not going to get anybody new to come in and buy this shit. They're already fans. They already know. If they already know the lore, yeah. then we don't need to put the lore in there. If they already know what a lair looks like, from 4th edition or 3.5, or they just have the ability to wiki, then they're going to be able to figure this shit out. So we don't need to put that effort in. They're going to homebrew it anyway, or they already know better. So just give them a stat block and and hand wave it and move on. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Pepper, do you keep us honest here? Because we'll keep, we'll answer one question All for right. 25 minutes. I know, I know. We're moving on. <laughs> Most of that didn't have to do with the question I asked. Uh um okay so we get a picture of their eggs um but no mechanics or anything like that um what is one feature you'd give their eggs i don't know they're they're cold they 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 blend in i would give them false appearance so they look like rocks i would have them be misshapen they just already do look like rocks (laughs) but but i would make them misshapen so they don't look Uh like egg shapes they just look like rocks yeah um I would make them because they are like rock. They would be very hard to break. Um, I would give yeah. them that like stone exterior. Like you're not gonna just drop one of these and accidentally break it. Like you would think of like a chicken egg or something like that. Because um, eggs are traditionally very fragile things. Like, oh, yeah, like maybe this is the complete opposite for the challenge, right? Like if you have to retrieve the dragon egg or something, and everyone's going brilliant, no problem. Except this thing's a boulder. Mm-hmm. Right. So how you get in this back exactly, even if they're like we put it in the bag of holding of like, how do you get it in the bag of holding? Like it's going to be. Yeah, I like going the opposite way with this. It's good. The other thing that I would do, because we're kind of doing all of this phasing weird ethereal shit is if the mm-hmm. egg takes any damage, it phases out for 2D 10 hours. So you just can't get it. If you dr- if you drop the egg, it's not going to crack it or anything. But like mm-hmm. it took one point of damage. There you go. It's gone. Yeah. yeah. Um. Are there any obvious allies or minions that we can think of? I mean, it says in there that there could be just like minor things that live amongst it, but also the elementals make they're sense. They're xenophobic, yeah, so they're not gonna lot a lot of things around. Well, right. clearly so it would probably be dragon type creatures, and if they're xenophobic, like space yeah, uh, Stanley Kubrick, because the lunar dragon was a hoax. That's a fucking deep cut, but like, I I don't moon kobolds. Fuck off! Yeah. What are we doing here? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, lycanthropes. I think lycanthropes would probably be a big deal with them if I could work that into. Can you imagine what werewolves on the moon? They would just be fucking super powered, right? Yeah. Like, if you're yeah. gonna deal with moon stuff, make it moon stuff, right? And and lean into it from that perspective. Also, it, I, I, I don't, xenophobic. 
I was going to say, if they're xenophobic, maybe it would be creatures where they're not creatures where the dragon would need to interact with them as much, and they could probably tolerate them. So I'm thinking, like, in these caverns with these particular type of eggs, maybe you would protect them with ropers. Maybe you would use uh, horde mimics for this, even um, even that, some sort of rock-type mimic, you know? That, no, that, that's a great idea. Things like uh, like piercers and then that kind of shit that fall from the ceilings and and yeah. all those yeah. yeah that's a good idea with where the dragon is not going to need to interact with them like kobolds which will never stop trying to talk to you and worship you which would be yeah. a nightmare for this lunar dragon they would fucking hate it yeah. um okay um what kind of treasure would we expect to find in their hordes fucking anything because they just want to take it's, things from you like they whatever don't have is a valuable whatever is valuable to the nearest race or creature yeah. type, I suppose, because they take your treasure because uh-huh. you want it, not because they want it. So really, their hoard is going to be a clue as to what's what's close to them. Yeah. Trophies. I bet they got a lot of trophies from their own conquests. Right? They'd be like, hey, yeah, you see that suit of armor over there? That was the ancestral whatever for these guys, and I took it. Right? It's mm-hmm. going to be very much that, like, bragging rights. Um, and I, I think they would have them on display because, you know, you can come in and ask for it, but you're not going to get it. But I'm going to make you look at it while you ask for it, right? Mm-hmm. Also, if you kill one of these things and get the horde, you will have the stuff that is the most valuable and most precious to the nearest civilization. Chances are good you'll be able to get a shit ton of money, like charge triple for whatever it is, right? Yeah, like they've been looking for that for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. And again, I like the solar dragons. They like are obsessed with hoarding food. Yeah. Like they I mean, just have big caverns to keep food in, which is an interesting, which I mean, I guess space, like food's not as readily available, I suppose. I, I just, but... I'm just going to magic this away to say they don't need to eat that often, right? Yeah. Like how yeah. common are the fucking space fishes in, in Spelljammer? Like I assume yeah. that you cannot feed a dragon daily the way that, that dragons would need to eat goats and cows and shit right on in like a regular campaign so yeah what are like and it doesn't say what their food is like we get and fizzbins like the gym dragons a lot of their stuff is like specific to the thing that they like to eat yeah. um this is just they store food so <laughs> it does specifically mention um that there will be spell jamming helms and it says that those are in the Astral Adventures Guide, if you want to look into what those are specifically. So yeah, there should the, be at least a couple of those. The the spelljamming helms are just these, like, the parts of the ship that you have to magically attune to. Only a spellcaster can magically attune to them. Um, and then that lets you steal or steer the ship. That's mm-hmm. it. So yeah. if one of these guys comes in and rips out the helm and leaves, your ship is a derelict. It's just floating that's it mm-hmm. so yeah Which that's really fucking dick I... move yeah. <laughs> it just that just even more goes with them being a dick and like i'm just gonna take this one thing that you need to actually be able to fly your ship um bye <laughs> well yeah that it lines right up isn't it yeah yeah all right that's all the questions i have about their uh lore and and that so let's get into the breakdown of the wormling okay lunar dragon wormling so like all wormlings they start as a medium-sized category the lunar dragon is lawful evil 5v8 plus 15 hit points to start out with that averages at 37 they get a 40 foot walking speed they can burrow for only 10 feet and they can fly for 40 feet 
For the lunar dragon wormling, their constitution is their highest stat. That's closely followed by their strength. But their dump stat is their intelligence at a six. They have a minus two modifier. They are not very intelligent, uh, certainly not at this age anyway. And their charisma is lower at nine as well. Saving throws, we're looking at constitution and wisdom, skills or perception and stealth. Damage immunities are cold. Starting out, we get dark vision 120 feet, passive perception of 14, limited to, to draconic for their language. This dragon's a tunneler, so that means that they can burrow through solid rock at half of its burrowing speed and leaves a five-foot diameter tunnel in its wake. They have the unusual nature of that they do not require air. For their actions, they get a bite and they get cold breath as well. As a, a worm makes a DC 13 constitution saving throw, it's 3d8 cold damage on a success. As a bonus action, they can phase up to twice a day. When they phase, the dragon becomes partially incorporeal for as long as it maintains concentration on the effect, as if concentrating on a spell. And that means that they get resistance to bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing damage. That's the stat block for the Lunar Dragon Wormling. Yeah. Because so, not, what jumps out of this sorry, point? because not a whole lot changes, do we just want to jump into Young before we ask the questions? Yeah, I can go straight yeah. to Young, yeah. I did find it interesting they don't have a melee or a multi attack when the solar did Not until at this they're age. Young. Yeah, yeah right. I think I think that's attack. isn't that unique with the solar though that they got multi attack that early. Yeah, but then the multi attack never changed. It was all yeah, it, it, it was a big fat wet fart. Mm-hmm. It was cool when they were wormlings, and then nothing. <laughs> <laughs> well, for the lunar dragon, when they get to the young size category, so they go up to size. They're large now. Uh, their armor class will go up a little bit. Their hit points will average out at 123. Their speed will go to 40 feet. The burrow speed to 20 feet. Their fly speed to 80 feet. Their strength now overtakes their constitution as their highest stat, closely followed by their constitution. And their intelligence goes up a little bit, but it's still only 8, which is still below that of an average human. So expect to be more intelligent than them most of the time. Uh, their languages stay the same at Draconic. They get their multi-attack now, so they'll get a bite and two claw attacks. The the constitution save will go up, of course, for their their cold breath. It'll go up to 15. And their bonus action of their phase remains at twice per day. I guess the only place, the only thing to touch on is what's unusual about their stats. I mean, their intelligence is lower. Is this the Mm -hmm. lowest intelligent dragon that we've seen so far? No, the white dragon is pretty low intelligent as well. Lower than this, lower than eight. I don't think the deep dragon's too intelligent. If I remember rightly. No, I I think you're right, but I think like it's it is it's pretty low intelligent. It's mm-hmm. this is definitely one of your more bestial kind of of dragons that are out there. To it's just a mean dumb bully, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that sort of brings us into how we would role play these. Um, do you want to roll? Yeah. I got another one. We've rolled lots of ones today. <laughs> I got, a, I got a 13. All right, Terry. So for role playing, there's no reason with this dragon. There's no reasoning. I think often we try and, you know, we ask ourselves why, 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 why for a lot of things. This thing will do it just because it can. It sees what you have instinctively. It will take it away from you. It doesn't care about you. It will take it back to its lair. The fact that its intelligence is two points lower than that of an average human being it probably doesn't even understand reason too much. It probably just goes off of emotion, and its emotions are most of the time it's feeling like a dick, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, 
for role playing it, I think it would be very simple. I might even play this thing kind of like how you see alligators and crocodiles act. You know, I don't know if anyone's ever seen like those nature's metal videos where one will just be laid next to another one and will just bite its leg and just start death rolling for no reason other than it's just Mm -hmm. its instinct to do that. And I would probably play this dragon that way as well. Yeah, I mean, considering uh, we're going over Wormling and Young right now, um, I would go with the like... They're going to be that bully on the playground, but this is like preschool level where you can't even attempt to reason with it. And like, why are you doing that? It's just going to do it and then fuck off um, because it can, because that's what its parents do. That's what it was taught to do. It doesn't know why it's just taking your things. That's just how, that's how we act. That's what we do. Um, so there's, yeah, there's going to be no even attempt at reasoning with like, we'll give that back. That's mine. I don't fucking care. Yeah. (laughs) And just almost as though I like the example of like a young child, the preschool, this is all it knows. This is what it sees every day. This is what it learns to be correct. Mm -hmm. Um, it's that like that old excuse of, uh, that's just how I was raised. People are still saying it when they're 43 and you're like, okay, but now you have to think for yourself. (laughs) Yeah, and it's it's not even like there were any other kids around either, right? Because they're xenophobic. Mm-hmm. They grew up with just other lunar dragons. So they're just like, these are the fucking mean homeschooled kids. Yeah. And they would be like fighting each other and taking each other's shit. Like Oh, yeah. yeah like yeah. the kids. Cause in the in the picture it shows like six eggs. So like there's gonna be a whole like herd of them. And they're gonna mm-hmm. just be like so much sibling like squabbling and fighting and just stealing each other's shit just oh they don't share these ones yeah no (laughs) they each have their own little horde like underneath their little bed or whatever and they're just stealing each other's shit and like making little traps so that their shit can't get stolen (laughs) i think one of the things to point out here and this is based on you know the most important piece of lore that we got which is to say the only piece of lore that we got is <laughs> is the idea that when they can fend for themselves they get kicked out of the out of the lair right that's roughly around wormling and like young lunar dragons are probably still dealing with that to some point where mm. their xenophobia is like everybody go away i can do this myself i need to find my own lair and i'm going to take your shit right mm-hmm. i don't have my mom's lair anymore full of all the the shit that she got I need to go get my own shit now. And this is where you're going to get a lot of your your plot hooks and stuff from is these wormlings and young dragons who are just out there stealing literally everything of importance that they can get their hands on because they've got to build from the ground up because they just got booted at like you think about like an immature like middle school bully that gets kicked out of the house and has to fend for themselves, mm-hmm. right? They're just going to take everything they fucking can from everybody. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to see what happens if they, like, try to, like, as they're getting booted, they, like, try to take one of their mom's things, like, as they go out. Because I think they would. Like, they definitely, like, you're kicking me out? I'm going to take this thing that's important to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's absolutely that that abusive standpoint of if if I can't have this, you can't either, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And just, it would be a, it would be such a dysfunctional family. Like, Right. And the fact that they don't they don't value anything, right? They just want to take it because they don't want you to have it. So it's very difficult 
to reason or, or live alongside people that are like that when they don't have any type of values, I suppose. So you could extend that beyond like their material things. You could do this, you know, their value system as a whole because they won't really have any type of uh, direction or, or boundaries at all, which would make them probably very difficult to predict their behavior, particularly in the earlier ages, the young and the wormling, where naturally they're just going to have the more chaotic energy because they're younger anyway. Yeah. I don't know if you guys have ever had to deal with like a person like that, but it's the trying to figure out why they're doing that thing and just not like who would do that? (laughs) People are incredibly complex. (laughs) In the short term, we're very simple, right? If we're hungry, Mm -hmm. we're moody. If we're whatever, whatever. But when you zoom it all out, we have so many layers and complexities to it. We've all lived very different lives. It's, It's a lot. Honestly, I, I think it's there's a complexity to it about why they are the way that they are, but there's simplicity to it with how they act. Like it is mm-hmm. the one note that they hit over and over and over and over and over again to the point yeah. where it becomes predictable and frustrating that you will never break through and reason with them. You're never going to teach them that this is a bad idea. Uh-huh. They're just going to keep on doing it. And every time that you think you make headway, they're going to go, okay, except I'm going to take your shit. And then they mm-hmm. go off and do it anyway, right? Like, this reminds me of some toxic fucking exes that I've had. Same. <laughs> Christ, like, I'm yeah. I'm starting to get yeah. an attitude right now. Like, my defenses are up, personally, <laughs> because I'm mad at these fucking dragons. That was me when I was reading these, and it was hitting a little too close to home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, so... <laughs> exploration um terry i believe you're first how would you work in exploration with these yeah i mean if i think about their layers and how to make them more interesting i think if anytime there's a tunneler creature i like to think more vertically i think it should be very difficult to get from one cavern to the other if they can just tunnel straight down i like those vertical Mm -hmm. kinds of shafts they're difficult to move around um but then i like with this type of dragon especially with the haunting moan i don't when I'm thinking moon, I'm thinking like wide open space, which is terrifying because it's of its vast emptiness as opposed to like a constricting type of area. So maybe a tunnel that would open up to vast caverns where you can't see to the other side, there are echoes, you're not really getting any feedback from it at all. So I would make it terrifying that it's very still and nothing is happening until everything is happening. Yeah. So I try and play on that because the limited details that we got, that's where my mind goes. If I was to say anything else, I'm not building off the details that they gave us. I'm just creating something completely new. A thought that I had with our moon and how it reacts with our planet is like the tides going up and down. And we do have the full moon affecting people and their behaviors and that kind of stuff. But would you have it affect the environment if it's outside of its moon? If it's on your planet or coming closer to your planet, is it affecting the tides? Is it affecting how things work on that? I like what you're saying. You could do that, but you could make that more kind of acute as well for the players to go kind of all astrology on this. But you could have, you could describe things that they're feeling, changes in their moods and, and, you know, kind of lean Mm -hmm. into that astrology aspect which is kind of right there with this but i like what you're saying with the tides yeah it should maybe you do feel those types of lunar effects so the my my thought process on that is i like i like where you're coming from but the reason that we affect that we're so affected is because of the gravitational pull 
right mm-hmm. of the mu- of the moon and so normally i would say well no that doesn't make sense except we have gravity fucking spells mm-hmm. all through the exandria book right and so we have like the gravity wizard that's in there as well there's shit in here that's a great spell list for the lunar dragon yeah and if that's the case then absolutely i'm going to lean into that that yeah that idea popped in my head after the spell question (laughs) yeah (laughs) and i was like why are we not playing with the gravity and the push and pull that the moon yeah yeah that suddenly made this way more interesting Right, right. You're welcome, Internet. (laughs) Um, Honestly, when it comes to, like, the exploration factor, the one thing I want to point out is these fucking ridges on its back, right? Mm -hmm. I'm I'm looking at the description for it, and I don't know what these... I have trouble. Are they spines? Are they rigid spikes? Are are they, like, they're dull? What do we call these? And then I was looking at the kind of sketch that's on um, the page of the adult lunar dragon, where it's not like a fully fleshed out scene or anything like the other two pieces of artwork are. Yeah. And they look from a profile standpoint, they look like underdeveloped stegosaur plates. So I'm thinking that these things are plates and like, what does that offer besides protection along its back? And why would it need that? And maybe it's because it burrows just beneath the surface. And so this, the only part of it that's vulnerable is its back. And so that's why these plates exist. And then that got me thinking if it's burrowing, two feet beneath the surface you would see these plates coming at you like a row of shark fins and i think that would be really cool mm. that's a visual that would be really scary for some players too so i would i would very much dig into this when you walk into the cavern and you fight the roper and stuff there's just like a lineup of of very thin rocks that are kind of spiky in the middle of the chamber that people have been jumping over the whole time the dragon has just been underground waiting and if that's the case yeah. why does it not have fucking tremor sense <laughs> yeah why does it not have yeah. tremor sense yes um combat how would you use combat in uh the young and wormling oh yeah let me see the um one thing i just need to check for the young one on the breath of before i say this and how far combat you got to lean into their natural abilities right what they can do to separate them as a young the burrow speed is only 20 feet, but that's enough to get somebody underground. You can grapple them and then burrow, especially if you can get that breath weapon off. Even if it's only on one person, it reduces, it takes their speed down to half. If young, it's better. It reduces it to zero when they're older. But I like to do more than just the hit points when I'm trying to stress my players. So because I can burrow and reduce their speed, I would be trying to separate these players and uh, and really stress them and do that thing with them where they've got to spend their whole turn trying to react to your bullshit, which is now getting out of a tunnel at half speed. So separating them. Yeah. Um, I mean, as a wormling, there's not much there. They, I mean, the tunneler is half their speed, which is five feet. So they're only moving five feet if they tunnel. Um, I'll say this for the wormling. You're right. There's not much there, but that breath weapon is deadly for CR2. Yeah. This, this, so, is, this is a player killer. Like that's, that's basically it. Is they're just like, that's all they have is their breath weapon. They can phase that will help them to not get hit. Um, I think they're just going to shoot that, take your shit and fuck off. Like the tunneler, the tunneler, even at, even at wormling, the tunneling is good to finish your turn off. Very yeah. five feet underground. Most spells yeah. are relying on what if they can see you, ranged weapons can't see you at that point. They have to get in close. Uh, so it's it's a good defense mechanism is to mm-hmm. borrow even if it's only five feet. Yeah. 
Um, I mean, we do get like when we go up to Young, they do get the one bite and two claws, which is more than even the ancient Solar had. <laughs> yeah. So we do at least they are a little bit harder hitting at that point. Um, I think they'll stay and fight a little bit longer than Wormling. I think they're just going to shoot off their breath and tunnel the fuck out of there as quickly as they can, which isn't very quick. But well, no, yeah, they're gonna... honestly, they'd fly. They've got 80 foot yeah. fly speed. Right. So with yeah. the breath weapon, they're going to hit you and they're going to fuck off. Yeah. Right. I mean, they could. But if you're on the if you're on the surface, when you find them, they could just tunnel. If we're saying they don't tunnel very far down into the mm-hmm. the, the surface of the moon, they just pop down into their layer. I like the idea of them bursting up, hitting you with a breath weapon, and then taking up into the sky. Like, you didn't know they were beneath your feet. Uh-huh. Suddenly, it's like this, this geyser of rocks, and you get hit with a cold breath weapon, and then, poof, this, this small dragon the size of a horse, like fucks off to where you cannot hit them mm-hmm. and even the even the young lunar dragon has the phase it's a bonus action so it was a yeah. bonus pop your shit off and then just your bonus action is phase now bludgeoning piercing and slashing damage you have resistance to uh while you're partially incorporeal incul- and that, right. that must Which... include magical bludgeoning piercing and slashing as well it doesn't say non-magical yep I, I want to say this. I don't like the mechanic for the phase. So here's my my two cents on the combat. I would change the way that the phase works because the idea here is that it's supposed to be like concentration where you've got a, a con save against however much damage you just took. And yes, you're reducing that damage by half, but that means that you're still taking damage all of the time. Like you're, you're still getting hit. If we're truly phasing... Why wouldn't I just give disadvantage on attack rolls against me? So that sometimes the attack goes right through, but sometimes it does hit. Yeah. I would have this at at higher levels than young. I would have it so that you this would impose disadvantage on the ability to hit me. That makes this a scary or uh, disadvantage yeah, to hit the dragon because that makes it scarier. It makes it so much scarier to like we're trying to hit you with our regular weapons. And we just can't. The martial characters are at a real disadvantage. And that, I think, that gives this more flavor than it has already. Yeah. And I think it would make it a little bit cockier about fucking off. Um, because there's not the... Your your chance of getting hit by an opportunity attack is half. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, hitting it and then running away. You're most likely not going to get hit as you leave. Yeah, yeah. I- if I if I can be honest, I think that this this dragon is hit and run tactics mm-hmm. um, for the most part, and I wanted to be able to run and escape. We don't get flyby with this one, so mm-hmm. this is what I would do instead: is just make it more difficult to hit um, the lunar dragon. So yeah, yeah, and I think the the fact that it's lower intelligence as well speaks to the fact that it probably wouldn't hang around and try and bite you and kill you. Like mm-hmm. a higher intelligence dragon is going to go. Oh, a wizard and a cleric and a paladin have all showed up. They're going to be a problem. I got to kill all of these guys because they have spells. This guy just goes, the small skinny one over there wearing the robes, he looks good. I'll grab him. See you later. I don't need to kill the rest of them. I'm just hunting. Yeah. Or even just though, if we go back to the bully tactics, like... You pick on the weakest one in the group, yeah. Yeah. And then once they start being a problem, you leave. (laughs) Like, they're not going to stick around like a bully is not going to stick around if they get punched in the nose or that's the you know yeah the the theory that people present um so if they do get hit they're gonna be like well i'm out (laughs) yeah 
I think we are good to go to adult then. So for the adult Lunar Dragon, we're up to huge size now. A lot of the uh, changes here are just numerical. So we're up to uh, 40 foot movement speed, uh, like walking speed. Our burrow and our fly didn't change though. We're a CR 13, which is a one level down from the um, solar dragon. So like we are supposed to be technically weaker, but I don't think uh, we got more shit to do in the action economy. So I feel like we're actually going to hit harder. Uh, and we've got the legendary resistances twice per day, just like the solar did. But the and of course tunneler and uh, unusual nature carries over. There's no new. As there, I don't think there's any new uh, mechanics on that, except that uh, tunneler leaves a ten foot diameter tunnel in its wake, and now it's a fifteen foot because it's a huge dragon. Like that's just the size of huge creatures. The multi attack still makes one bite attack and two claw attacks, although the damage goes up a little bit. We now get a tail attack, which you can use, but it's not part of the multi-attack, so why would you? It's just there because we're going to get it in a legendary action later. The cold breath goes to a 60-foot cone, doing 8d8 cold damage now, um, and reduces the speed to zero until the end of the creature's next turn. Um, bonus actions, we get the phase three times a day. It's the same thing. And then for legendary actions, like I said before, we have the, the uh, tail attack, and then for two oh no it's not even for two it's just for another one you only get two legendary actions with the adult lunar dragon that feels weird yeah anyways treacherous ice is the other thing that it can do using one of its actions that fucking confused me for a sec um and at that point the idea is that there's just magically ice starts to uh appear on the ground in 20 foot radius uh that's around the dragon itself this is oh no sorry uh, radius on a point that the dragon can see within 120 feet of itself. The uh, ice is difficult terrain for everybody except the lunar dragon, and it lasts for 10 minutes. So over time, you can just make the whole battlefield difficult terrain. Yeah. For someone that's tunneling at, at uh, low speeds and burrowing at low speeds, for someone that's flying at high speeds, this is a bit of a game changer, but that's that's it. That's the whole adult lunar dragon. There's not too much interesting, fun, neat stuff here. Just mm -hmm. more of the same. Mm -hmm. Bigger numbers. Yeah. And I feel like the reason that the that the legendary actions is down to two is because they just couldn't come up with a third one. Maybe I'm just being really cynical about these stat blocks <laughs> because the Lunar Dragon pisses me off, but but it does feel Well, we do get a third one, but not till ancient. Not until ancient. And that just yeah. feels just, that just feels weak to me. It just feels like a shit white dragon. Like I'm trying to make it work. Yeah. But it's cold damage and tunneling and I'm trying to think of something outside of the tactics I would use for a white dragon. Or The difference is this dragon doesn't need to breathe, and it has the phase ability, which you can use three times a day now at adult. But, like, that's it. That's what it has. Mm -hmm. You're playing it as beastial, like a white dragon? Yeah. So you're probably playing it like a predator, you know? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to roll off and answer some more questions. All right. Okay, I got 12. Six. 17. Ooh. Um, so role playing, how would you change? What would you do? Do you have anything new? <laughs> well, so its intelligence is up to about the same level as an average human, right? So it's going to be able to hold a conversation quite meaningfully if it wants to. It doesn't say anything about whether or not this dragon likes to speak. I know I compare it to white dragons. White dragons are not interested in talking to you basically at all. Um, I wonder if they would be kind of the same. I wonder if now you're going to have an opportunity to dig through the layers a little bit, if it will speak to you, but they only speak draconic. 
it, I'm probably still just going to treat this thing like a predator. Interestingly, and I mean, I get it because of the xenophobia factor that they're not around humanoids and stuff. But it says that about other dragons in other books, about how this one doesn't like people, and that one doesn't like people, and this one like only likes animals, and this one wants to spend his time with its books. And But they all speak fucking common. I get it for the solar angel that lives in the heart of a goddamn sun. But this thing that is interacting with, with people, how is it gloating that it took your shit if it doesn't speak your language? Yeah. Right. Give your lunar dragon common. Yeah. yeah exactly. Exactly. I think the difference, the only difference role-playing wise that I would do, I like to bring to life how my dragons uh, fly. I think it's a huge part of it. Uh, you know, I talk about like, I'll treat the white dragons as though they kind of fly like a, like a falcon, like they'll glide and then they'll kind of drop down. I had my blue dragon that kind of like barrel rolls, like a breakdancer through the air. And with this, I like Adam's idea of mostly tunneling. It would be like some sort of moon shark with its fins and I like the idea of the fins coming up and down and disappearing I would really lean into that I would probably treat this dragon more like a purple worm than anything else <laughs> yeah absolutely like I'd be looking at like how a bullet works but instead of the, the yeah. stomping and jumping it then like it bursts up breath weapon phases and glides away right like mm -hmm. that's I, I can see these guys loving to burrow and then gliding yeah just following a style <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, at what well, adult, um, like they're still gonna have that that bully dick behavior, but it's gonna be just I think more angry behind it. Like as as the kids, as the wormling, as the young, they're just doing it because they do it, because that's what they were shown how to do. I think at this point they're gonna have more of those mood swings um mm -hmm. that they talk about. So you're gonna have let me tell you something. I got mm -hmm. bullied horribly in school. As the kid with the bright red orange hair, uh -huh. I got my ass handed to me on a regular basis till I got big enough to fight back. And I knew all those guys growing up beyond like into high school. And I knew some of them after high school. And the bully, like, like there's that deep seated anger. You're right. But it's underneath such a fucking arrogance if they never got mm -hmm. their comeuppance. Yeah. Right? And I don't think that an adult lunar dragon ever learns a fucking lesson. So no. there is an absolute arrogance that comes with the, my shit don't stink. I look down at you. It's uh -huh. the difference between getting bullied in the, in the schoolyard and getting bullied at work. Mm -hmm. That's a different oh, yeah. kind it's of bullying. Like the narcissism comes out. Absolutely. And if you push them hard enough, they will still just like punch you. Right. That is yeah. still the thing that they're going to like fall back yeah. on. They're just going to punch you and take your shit. And yeah. laugh and then leave like but these are these are the assholes that walk up to your table at the pub and start hitting on your your girlfriend in front of you because there's nothing you can do about it because i'm bigger than you mm -hmm. right and like i fucking hate these guys <laughs> yeah I, yeah as, as a dm i don't many dragons i don't like and as i read the as i read this i was like i think this is the first dragon i hate like i <laughs> i think this is it <laughs> It's like it touches something for a lot of people. And people have experienced this in different ways at different points in their lives. But yes, yeah. 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 I, I got to say. Playing this. Sorry, Adam, go on. As a DM, this one's the hardest one for me to get my into like the headspace for. But I mm. think that it might be really fucking cathartic for the players to kill this son of a bitch. Yeah. So like that's why I would use him. Otherwise, I'd skip right over it and move on. I don't fucking like this dragon. But Shoot, this is just a therapy session for all. It might of your, be. It might be for like all you, of your players. Yeah. 
I like you know that. what? Maybe maybe I would make this dragon talk because I've been thinking like physical, typically male type bullying, but now I'm thinking like mean girls. Like oh yeah, you know, like the mom. Just psychological warfare, reputation destruction, all of that. What some people might call toxic femininity traits, you could put into this dragon because then, you know, half your table might be women, and they might really be getting flashbacks here. Of, uh, of, uh, of, a, of a person they're channeling that they would like to destroy with this dragon. Mm-hmm. Really? Well, you, it would you came be to the... attack me in that skirt? Uh-huh. Yeah. But then they will they will put down something you have that you clearly love just so you let go of it and they can take it. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. That's, that's how they get you to give up the thing that you love. It's not just them taking it. It's them making it so you don't want it. Yeah, maybe it does tie in with this better. And maybe the bullying doesn't end when you've left. Like now, you know, that's what's happening these days. Like we were all, we're old enough to, you know, for, for Adam, it's sorry you had that experience, but at least when you went home, you could close the door and it was done, right? Your phone wasn't vibrating, still going. Yeah. So I don't know, maybe you can tie an item in with this or they're a dragon. Give the message. That's all it mm-hmm. needs to be, right? Mm-hmm. Or sending. They can cast this spell and it continues even when you've left. I, I fucking love the idea that as you are flying away, you didn't defeat it. You got whatever you needed and you're flying away in your ship. And in your head, you're like, and honey, I just want to say bangs? Mm, no, not not with your not with your face. Right. Uh-huh. Just like like shitty little fuck you comments. Yeah. I'm gonna flitter that all the way through my combat too. Or by the time you get back, right? Because message is a, is a cantrip. You can cast it as many times. Everybody back home knows about the huge embarrassing failure that happened. And it's made its way around. And the dragons told everyone their version of the story as well. Uh, but oh, suddenly this is interesting. <laughs> suddenly, when we add details and lore, we want to play with this thing. Hey, wizards. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, um, that was all role playing. What about exploration at the I mean, well, adult level? Um, honestly, the exploration here, the, the only thing I really want to point out is that we should be looking at a labyrinth system of tunnels. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm looking for out of a layer here. Uh, I don't need to go too deep with this, and I could do this on a lush forest moon as well. Like it could be a desert moon, or it could be an Arctic moon, or it could be anything lush. Um, or sorry, a uh, a complicated set of of tunnels, especially if we're going to start thinking about vertically and whatnot, creating ice where people are going to slip and fall. We can make it so it's difficult to get out without some sort of fly speed or something, mm-hmm. right? So, oh yeah, they make those tunnels and then just cover it in ice, and it's just become this slide you can't get out of. And honestly, if they're on some sort of lush moon that's full of like jungle or or forestry or, or something. Not not forestry. Forestry is different than forests. If the, if the jungle or forests or whatever it is, um, and you're you're trying to find it, maybe the idea that the leaves are all encased in ice and there's like a level of frost on on all of the trees and stuff in this like this rainforest tropical jungle as well. Well, now you know where the lunar dragon lives. That's an interesting fantasy scenario to be in, and then you got to go underground into its into its tunnels where everything's fucking frigid and cold and freezing. That's cool. What the fuck was that in the goddamn book? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Exploration, I'm thinking tunnels here, but I'm thinking more. I'm, I'm trying to hold this to the lunar and like astrology reads that I had. Maybe I would have it not necessarily as, as, as tunnels, but more like deep 
canyons where you can still see the sky above you, but you can't access it because it's maybe 100 feet up. So it's like the network of tunnels that way where you could still see the stars from different points, even though you're deep technically. And I would maybe tie that into the puzzles and the clues and uh, the, the divination and whatever. Um, so maybe I'll try something like that. This seems like a dragon it could work for. Yeah. Um, I would say at adult, we would be reaching the part in the book where it talks about the mom laying eggs and not leaving um her area so at that point if you wanted to find this dragon you would have to go to it it is not leaving its nest um but again it's until the the wormling or the the baby can fend for itself so you could still see the wormling you would still have evidence of a dragon there okay all right i, I want to ask sorry before we go any further in your opinion mm-hmm. can a wormling fend for itself or would it go out on its own when you go into a lair, are you dealing with a wormling stat block, or are you uh-huh. doing something more pathetic, something like CR half, like a hatchling? In your own personal opinion, as in DM, my personal opinion, yeah. I would see a wormling as a toddler not able to fend for itself yet. But if you've ever seen a mom at a store with a toddler who is loose and not buckled in a cart, they are running down an aisle. <laughs> So you would still potentially see this wormling running out of the lair and back in and and playing in the area. Um, what about what about you, Terry? How do you feel about wormlings? Are they? Yeah, are they I do have wormlings. I mean, there's quite an from being a hatchling to where you're technically a wormling. There's a difference between a toddler and a ten year old, right? And we have that mm-hmm. that stretch there. I do have wormlings in my game that can fend for themselves. I had uh, I had five black dragon wormlings that work together. Uh, they hunted in packs because they have breath weapons. They're dangerous, right? Like a wormling is not worried about a horse, you know, mm-hmm. so or even like a, a big cat, probably. So I would still have them being able to fend for themselves. Honestly, I'm I almost always have them just be their own. And like a wormling is the size of a man, and it's out there in the world, fucking shit up. When you look at how the the a lot of the adventures run, the wormlings are solo creatures that are calling the shots because they're, they're still fucking dragons. In previous editions, we used to have hatchlings, which were which very much needed to be in the nest still and taken care of. I guess the wormling is also supposed to be that sometimes. Because of the low intelligence of the wormling for the lunar dragon, mm-hmm. for the lunar dragon specifically, I agree with Peps. But for the general dragon, I agree with Terry. Like this is yeah, I, I think this is a unique scenario, which is why I brought it up, just because I don't think they can fend for themselves at this point. Yeah. And I would say like it's very much as a parent trying to think about like when is it okay to leave your kids at home by themselves and you feel like they'll be safe and you can run to the store. Two and a half. At what age, right? Two so, and a half. And like and I looked it, into is this it recently. There's, or is it twenty twenty three? There's not an <laughs> in Ohio. There's not a legal age. It's when you feel like your child is ready. So it's very much that with with these dragons and like Adam just said, these ones specifically aren't ready. Other ones might. Other types of dragons might be ready at a younger age, but these ones, I don't think, till young, I would leave them home by themselves. They would yeah, burn I, I, shit down. I look at it this way. I think I think Terry hit the nail on the head. Like, or, or what time period are we talking? And what what's the what's the social what's mm-hmm. socially acceptable? Because in 1998, yeah, you you were leaving eight year olds watching the five year old as you duck out to the store for ten minutes, right? Mm-hmm. Now, however, you, your your precious child lives with you until they're 25, right? Yeah. If you go back to like the 1700s, four year olds were chimney sweeps. Like, 
it very much depends on the society that you're in. And that's why with Lunar Dragons, the fact that like the only fucking detail they give us is the females are won't leave their lair to protect their children. Like this, okay. So there's they almost had a familial bond here. They mm-hmm. almost went in the in that route, and then they never did. Yeah, but so. it's like that very toxic hovering mom. I think the helicopter moms. Yeah, yeah, but like doesn't help on the most toxic level. Like, like, <laughs> like in in um, Stephen King's It, Eddie's mom, who was like convincing him he had diseases and illnesses just to keep him at home. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Did you <laughs> okay? All right, hold on. So. You're finally at the point where you can fend for yourself. You're getting kicked out and whatnot. And you've come with the clutch of like, there's there's six eggs. And so you're one of the ones that's getting kicked out now with the rest. And your biggest trait is that you like to take away what people love the most. Do you kill mom's favorite sibling on the way out? Maybe. Oh, well, that strikes me as, that's sadistic, right? A black dragon, maybe. But like, do you think all of the other lunar dragons, they, they stop and they just... They beat the ever living shit out of out of mom's favorite kid on on the way out the door. Maybe they don't go for the kill, but they like you don't well, you don't get to leave yet. We're, we're breaking your wings, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, maybe maybe they do. I don't know. Just mm-hmm. yeah, maybe don't go for the kill, but just mass them. chimpanzees are savage like that. Yeah, go go for the go for the eyes, not the throat, right? Yeah, eyes, ears, fingers. And genitals. That's what chimpanzees do, right? I didn't want to say it, but yeah, it's right there. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, since we're talking about beating each other up, what about combat? (laughs) Go for the genitals. Go for the genitals. (laughs) Yeah. You know what? For these guys, I'm going to stick with what I said before in that they probably, even at this point, still are not interested in having a big fight with you. They just probably get you out of the way. Maybe they're just hunting. Uh, But even so... I just love the tunnels because you can separate so much. And I said it before, hey, grapple and tunnel with them. But you actually don't need to do that, especially when they leave a 15-foot diameter tunnel behind them. You could just tunnel down on top of a player. It's just like drilling into a piece of wood for a second. Now they're 15 feet below. You can fly up to the other one, and you can just go drill, drill. That's two gone. You actually haven't taken your action yet because this is part of your movement. And then you can let your breath weapon off on whoever's still on the surface. So they're, the, the tunnelers are really great for combat when they get to this size. Perhaps you're looking at me like you didn't follow what I said with my, my no, fingers. Was I some, did. This, boop, boop. Okay. I got it. I got it. <laughs> okay. I think it's you next, okay. perhaps. Oh, I thought it was you. I had like a six. Oh. Um, yeah, at this point, with the for combat, we're getting legendary actions now. Mm-hmm. And because they give us this crazy amount of treacherous ice and we can do this over and over again um we're relying on speed and movement i don't think you're going to get in melee combat if you do and you get up to it it's got enough hit points it's got 15 d12 plus 75 but his ac is only 17 it's going to take the hit you're going to hit it Mm. in an opportunity attack but it's going to soak that up for at least the first half of its hit points as it continues to try to get distance between you and everybody else um, also your intelligence is up to 10 now, which means, and your charisma is up to 15. At this point, you know who the spellcasters are. These are your targets. Yeah. I agree. Like with the, they have the black frost and they have the treacherous ice. So like movement in this area is going to be very difficult, but I was also just thinking they, they doubled that up again, just like the solar dragon with the blind. Yep. Like, do we need the black frost and the treacherous ice? Could that have been 
something else that wasn't already done because we have already got ice in the area. Well, it's ridiculous because the black frost, it, it, and I'm thinking of black ice. I live in Canada. I have slipped on black ice many times yeah. in my life. <laughs> in my life, it fucking sucks. There's no difficult terrain with black frost. Yeah, it just kills the plants, is what it says. Yeah, so we're just we're just doubling up on the on the cold theme. Um, mm-hmm. Honestly, at this point, I also feel like air elementals that deal cold damage. It says they're free willed. Sure, mm-hmm. they're minions too. Like, yeah. that's part of this combat that we need to talk about. Yeah, I would definitely bring in the Moon Devils um, into the combat, which you're going to hit those before you get even to this combat. So you're already going to be down some. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So that's that's like <laughs> going back with the bully thing. That's like they're are little guys that like minions that come up before like like in Mean Girls, you know, she had her her group of people before. These are going to be those. They're going to wear you down before you get to to this one. Yeah. So I would definitely. And it doesn't say like how many. They're within a mile of the layer. There could be a shit ton of these out there. Honestly, we don't have a whole lot of layer shit going off. There's no layer actions here. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna fill it like you're just gonna be fighting air elemental after air elemental. We're gonna do cold damage. I might throw in like ice methods and other weird little shit like that. But like, yeah. you are you are very much dealing with moon devils at, while you are getting hit and run mm-hmm. by this dragon before you even get to the point where you're gonna fight it. It it comes in like a fucking land shark and then hits you with a breath weapon and fucks off up into the tunnel or burrows away. You can't mm-hmm. get to it. Like you're dealing with these moon devils too. Yeah. And yeah, and you're still fighting the moon devils. And this is they're going to wear you down before you mm-hmm. ever get near it. Yeah. And that brings us to ancient, which is me. So with the ancient, um, again, it's mostly numbers that change. We do get a couple extra things. Um, they are now gargantuan dragons with a CR of 19, an AC of 18, and their hit points do get a decent bump um, with an average of 297, so nearly 300. The speed all stays the same, so their speed doesn't change from young to ancient. That's weird. Yeah. <laughs> So strength and con uh, both get two point bump to their modifier, intelligence and wisdom and charisma get a one point bump and dexterity stays the same. Um, Their constitution saving throw goes up to a plus 13 and their wisdom is a plus eight. Perception is now a plus 14 and stealth a plus 13. I think that feels better with these having stealth than the solar. Yeah. Um, because I do they are very much blend in with the moon and the rock. But you have to remember with the solar dragon that in space no one can hear you flap. That's true. That's true. But they're little flippers. But they are glowing balls of radiance. <laughs> That's not to think about it. Don't think about it. Don't think about it. I like that these have stealth. I didn't like the solar head stealth. Um Immunities, dark vision, and language all stay the same. Um, For legendary resistances, we now get three a day. Uh, Their tunneler ability is now a 20-foot diameter. For their multi-attack, they still get one bite and two claws. The bite is now a plus 14 to hit with a 15-foot reach and does 2d6 plus 8 piercing and 2d6 cold. The claw does a plus 14 to hit with a 10-foot reach, 2d6 plus 8 slashing. Their tail attack is at 14 plus 14 to hit and a 20-foot reach. 
and does 2d6 plus 8 bludgeoning. Um, the cold breath goes up to a 60-foot six, cone at this point, but the damage stays the same at 8 No, no, no you're 90 foot. I was at 60 Is it 90? Yeah, oh, okay. For the adult. I was very tired when I wrote these notes, so I probably just wrote the wrong one. So 90. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote these this morning in bed before I had coffee. Um, but was I right that the damage stays the same? 88. Yeah. 88, yeah. yeah. Which was weird to me that the damage doesn't go up at all. It's because nobody bothered to fucking edit this. Like, there's yeah. no oversight. Yeah, you know what? I'm done. Yeah. I'm done. I would I, I would make it, at minimum, a 10d8 at that point. You're ancient. Um, You're CR19. Yeah. Fuck some shit up. Why are we yeah. scared of having a dangerous dragon? I'm... Uh, yeah, um, <laughs> Uh, the phase bonus uh, bonus action looks to be the same with being able to do it three times a day. They now get three legendary actions is probably one of the biggest changes in it. We do um, the tail attack and treacherous ice look about the same, but we do get to add a wing attack, which costs two points. Um, the dragon beats its wings. Each creature within 15 feet of the dragon makes a deck save or takes 1d8 plus 8 bludgeoning damage and is not prone. The dragon can then fly up to half its speed without provoking an opportunity attack. So this is when we finally get that, like, not need or being able to avoid an opportunity attack. But I'm... also it's 1d8. <laughs> I am so angry. I am so angry at this, and not just the 1d8. Guys, we spent last episode talking so much about how the solar dragon didn't have claw attacks and was relying on tail. When it had it had four fucking wings, and uh -huh. it did not get a goddamn wing attack, and it drives me up the fucking wall. <laughs> yeah, so, I had that thought earlier, so this, too. So this dragon, so ancient dragons... They're what, like, well, I don't know how big this is compared to regular dragons, like 80 foot nose to tail, ancient dragon stands about 55, 60 feet tall. And so it, this thing has to get to that size, has to be 800 years old and amassed an incredible horde so that it can become an ancient dragon just, just to be able to flap its wings to knock something prone. Like, how is that possible? This is a dumb, this is poorly designed. This is a dumb dragon. This is a dumb dragon. Fix, <laughs> fix the, the mechanics. DMs, please fix the mechanics, especially on the uh, the phase and the wing attack. All the quote unquote cool shit that it gets as it gets bigger is not cool. It's mm -hmm. middling at best. We can do better. It could be cool. It was almost cool. It was almost cool. <laughs> I, I honestly think that this is the fact that they've got a formula for how they build their creatures. And the more shit that you add to it, the higher the CR goes. But they, they are stuck to this idea that if they give us similar um, dragons, like the, all the chromatics are all in one family and the gem in another and stuff. And so we have these two space dragons. You can't have them at the same CR level. You also can't have them more than one level apart. Solar is, uh, the sun is bigger than the moon, so it's a CR 20. So the lunar one is going to be a CR 19. So we can build it as big as we want. But the moment we hit challenge rating 19, we can't do any more to it. We can't make it bigger or better. So we're going to give it, uh, a tail attack and legendary actions now and a bonus action, which doesn't do damage, by the way. It doesn't actually do anything except drag the fight out longer. We mm -hmm. we give a tunneler and the ability to not breathe. None of this shit should affect the CR, right? And yet it does. And because of their equation, we get 1d8 plus 8 bludgeoning as a 
two points of legendary action. So this is where their formula fails. And an editor should be able to go in there and just handcraft it to be better. Unfortunately, no oversight, clearly. Yeah. All right. We got one more round of questions. Let's roll. Let's go. <laughs> Let's do it. I got a 14. Oh, okay. 14. Uh, all right, I'm going last. I got a two. Okay. Um, answer your own question. My own questions for role playing. Um, uh, at this point, like we, I had sort of said with the solar that it would be god level at this point. Um, I think this is where the rumors for this dragon create the lunar charts. This is where people are paying attention to its mood swings. And that is how they chart the phases are by they start to pay attention to when this thing is in a good mood, when it's in a bad mood, when it's like angry, when it's like anything. This is where you get the the moon charts. And that's how we come up with that. I, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I wonder if we could carry that over as a regional effect to like seasonal depression, that kind mm -hmm. of thing. Like generally the people in the area, their mood is changing as it coincides with this. We feel it a lot in Vancouver with the rain. People are become yeah. assholes when it rains. Yeah, everybody starts giving it really big bollocks as soon as it's raining a bit and they feel like they get a bit. Oh yeah. Ours Whatever. is like but... around March, people here, because it's been so snowy and we've been stuck inside for so long. Um, and we're just like we know springs around the corner. Um right. No, no, we're 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 deep right now in the in the crankiness of Vancouverites. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I'm looking at this going, I wanna Okay, so you mentioned the the coral underneath of the wings, like the in the uh, wormling picture, right? right? The picture of the ancient, they're laying down, so I can't tell. They're like asleep around their eggs. So who the fuck knows? <laughs> I'm going to, for for role playing purposes, I'm absolutely going to have their their underwing be color, but it's going to act like a fucking mood ring, and that's how you can tell when you're role playing. Mm -hmm. Like the the color under their wings starts to turn more green. They're happier with you, right? Like, and there would be just like little little hue shifts, not enough to like radiate color. And you may have to do a perception check to see it, but there's there's going to be a little tinge to the to the gray underneath, like underwing, so that you're going to be able to see kind of what you're dealing with, even though it may be interacting with you, where it's like teasing you and laughing at you and stuff. But it's actually in a pretty good mood you might be able to get some something out mm -hmm. of this, right? It's in a good mood because it knows that it's affecting you. Yeah, it's laughing at you. It's happy. Yeah. When you take away its power, the on the underside of the wings turn red, uh -huh. and now it's pissed, right? Yeah, as long as you are down and it is up, it's yeah. happy. But the second you try to stand up to it, so it's like the reverse of what it... <laughs> it, it it's not going to change a damn thing, but it at least uh -huh. gives a little bit of flavor, and it leans into that idea of the mood swings i love that especially if you're going to try and uh role play with it first you know exchange of information or whatever because i would love to see the change in color on the wings when it's not apparent why it's changed like why did we mention rocky the gnome npc that which we don't think this dragon knows and all of a sudden the wings turned red you know that kind of thing um i love that uh role playing well see my initial thought was it would the conversations would probably be fewer in number as they get older. I would feel like they wouldn't want to talk to you that much, but I really liked Adam's idea of the mood changing wings, which makes me want to do that more. Um, so I don't know. This just strikes me as a dragon where 
there isn't going to be a whole lot of role playing outside. I just feel like they're just, I just feel like they don't want you there and they're going to try and get away from you. And maybe you get some insights like the wings changing color and that kind of thing. But I don't think it's going to be as obvious as like a blue dragon telling you about how amazing they are for an hour. It's so funny to me how the three of us are just like not at all digging this fucking dragon. <laughs> this is, this has I been know, a rough when episode. When I read this, I was like, I gotta try. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I'm I just really un- try, but I just really fucking hate it. <laughs> I'm uninspired. You guys are inspiring more a- about this than than the book gave me, and I'm just yeah. Oh fuck! Do I do I just hate lunar dragons? <laughs> yeah. All right, exploration. I don't know, we haven't really talked about like how their spells and things would necessarily look with this one. So thinking on that, I would, especially at Ancient and it being at this point so part of its layer, I would give it more of that gravitational um, energy that I had talked about earlier. So I think it's when it casts spells, you would see the ground rumble. You would see rocks float a little bit you would feel a pull or a push depending on what the spell was whether it actually knocks you back or not you feel it like a magnet um so i would play around with that sort of vibe to it yeah yeah that's probably going to be the type of thing that you'd lean into right this doesn't strike me as a lair where it's going to be full of traps and 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 that kind of thing not at all i think it's going to be very simplistic gravity seems to make sense and yeah there's just nothing to go off of Right. What are we do? What am I going off of? The yeah, moon, gravity, cold. We've yeah. done this. Like you know, it's, uh-huh. it's and, it's and a especially white now this is the, the fourth moon. age category. <laughs> this is the fourth age category. So now I'm at ancient, trying to think of expert, and and I don't have an answer for you. Otherwise, mm-hmm. I mean, we didn't get anything from the howling moan. We said that an hour and a half ago, and it hasn't come up since, <laughs> and it's not built into it in any way. But I feel like that should be more apparent in the lair somehow and surely should have some kind of effect, you know, or something. So maybe I, I would try and build something around that. I'm just going to fucking ignore it. I, honestly, there, it's at by the time that I get to Ancient, the reason we're fighting this is because it's become a problem for people. But it's not a problem because it doesn't want to be around people. So why are we going to fight it? Because there's something in its horde we need to go get. Yeah. The only reason to fight it is because it took something. Yeah. That's important because that's yep. what players, it does. Players don't so, like loose ends of any kind. It's the same as like when you're reading a book, right? Like that seems like something significant, that moan. And so they would get to the end of this and then go, what was that moan all about? And mm-hmm. the DM was going, I honestly, I don't know. I couldn't tell you. It's what it said in the book. And then it, it never just, mentioned it again. It just moans. It, it's fucking, it's fucking one kobold like way back in the very depths of the tunnels and is echoing up through the tunnels that the cobalt just has like the worst constipation. And that that's what we've been listening to for the last six miles. Or like that's one of its mood swings. It's just in a like uh. an uh mood. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when you hear the moan. Yeah, honestly, I, I'm going to be dropping hints early on when we first learn about this thing or... There will be that one MacGuffin that we need to do to fight the final boss. We need something. And I will drop hints uh, early on about how it went missing. Then I'll introduce a lunar dragon. Then I'll introduce the idea that that the, this lunar dragon takes what other people covet and whatnot. And then that's my my 
one of my puzzles. The player should be able to figure out where are we going to find this thing? Chances are good it's up on the moon. Let's go to the fucking moon and deal with this, mm-hmm. right? Um, incidentally, the only other piece of fucking lore that I have about the moon at all off the top of my head in D&D is the idea that there was one of the famous, the most famous um, wizards, and I'm trying to remember which one it was, cloned a bunch of themselves using the spell clone and left the clones up on the moon where no one could get to them. So every time the wizard died, he would come back into his body in, in the clone. Manshoon? Sorry? Is the wizard? Is it Man- Manshoon or something like that? Could Manchun. be. I did that research like two years ago, and I don't remember now. But that's the only other thing I could think of where you're on the moon doing anything so maybe that's somehow involved in like your MacGuffin is you got to go up to like your enemy's moon base and also there's an ancient lunar dragon nearby right yeah again polymorph should be a thing these things are changing their phases all the time they should be changing their shape maybe the enemy is a lunar dragon and has been the whole time yeah all right um combat we didn't get a ton we did get the wing attack but can i just ask (laughs) can i just ask do we even care at this point yeah not really i mean at that (laughs) the only thing the wing attack does is makes it easier for it to get away which it already should be easy for it to get away yeah at at ancient it's it's reduced your speed to zero with its cold breath it's it's got fly speed everything's difficult terrain yeah yeah. Yeah. So- Sorry, Terry. You said it was Elminster that that did that with the clones, right? Yeah. This uh, the name I was trying to think of. It's popped up somewhere for me recently. Um, something I was reading, but I I don't think it's that. Okay. I think it's I think that person's in Dragon Heist or something. Anyway, never mind. I didn't realize that was Elminster. Okay, that's that's interesting. But yeah, I I Terry, do you give a shit about the combat for an age? Like, is there anything new to have here? No. I mean, it's not with what they give you. If I, you know, if I was, I would like to try and make combat more interesting. I like dynamic encounters. But it's going to be all homebrew stuff based on what I think should be happening, right? It's it's not based on anything that they've given us. So so even what I say are not being drawn from this. So it's, it's still just kind of made up in homebrew, meaning it doesn't need to be a lunar dragon. It could be anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Honestly. I just have the thought, and I... I would give it to it way before Ancient, but they should have Vicious Mockery. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. If I can be perfectly honest, I am going to use my turns where I don't get cold breath to do gravitational spellcasting. That just feels better for Lunar Dragon than anything else on the stat block. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like pushing and pulling into the tunnels and just dropping them reverse gravity like some like maybe maybe half of the small pebbles in the room are floating at like waist height right you can you can play with that but at this point i'm playing a gravity wizard that happens to be a dragon and it Uh could have been any dragon that i did this with and so i'm just yeah i'm annoyed i'm this i'm sorry this dragon this dragon sucks (laughs) This is one of the most unique dragon episodes we've ever done because we're all just like, no. <laughs> well, to, to get the dragon enthusiast on an episode and we all go, this sucks. This and we'll sucks. tell you why for the next two hours. <laughs> Look, I think that we have done about two hours worth of, of inspiration on how to beef up this shit really uh-huh. well. 
at this point, if you are this deep in D&D where you are, you're done with your chromatic dragons and even your gem dragons and your deep dragons, and it's time for you to get, go to a lunar dragon. If you've gotten to this point where you are playing a spell jamming campaign in 5th edition, you have done so much extra research, you have homebrewed so much extra stuff, there is no point in us uh, sitting down here and going, well, okay, so the way that your tail attack is going to work is, like, you are beyond that as a DM already. Mm-hmm. So there's lore, there's there's tactics. We've done a lot of, like, coming up with opportunities and options here based on the limited shit that we've gotten. The only outlier is this haunting moan, which my, I just I just don't understand it. Like, we, anything, anything else would have fit there. Yeah. But yeah. I'm very happy with the fact that we have beefed this up by, like, four times what they gave us to work with we've done such amazing work guys but, my, but I got, my worry out. is that the, the folks at home or somebody one of the dms has gone all right you know spell jammer moons what can i put on a moon let me take a look at this lunar dragon they've gone through our entire episode and they've gone, well this confirms i'm going to put a mind flare layer on the moon <laughs> and completely forget about this dragon we're just talking everybody out of here. Every, everybody's tuned out of the episode. Dragon episode. <laughs> Every, I don't every... think anyone's going to remember this one. I don't think wizard. I don't think wizards knows it exists now. Even when they're <laughs> like, okay, as we prepare for one D and D, what are the dragons we need to remember to cover again? There's three interns that put this through, and they're lucky if it got signed off. And I guess it did. But I feel like anyone who's anyone at wizards doesn't even is going to forget the lunar dragon as well. Look, look. The one thing that we managed to really accomplish here today with the Lunar Dragon is we've encouraged everybody to Google Elminster clones on the moon. <laughs> as, as I did, yeah. as I did, or something. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Someone, some. It's it is what it is, right? An intern over at Wizards now has published game developer on their Instagram profile because technically <laughs> they put this through, even though no one knows about it. I'm so glad to know that we have beefed up someone's LinkedIn fucking profile. Like. <laughs> All right. Okay. So before we finish off this episode, let's have a short info break. If you've been inspired by the conversation in this episode, please feel free to reach out and share your creativity and ideas with us and the rest of the community. You can reach us on Facebook and Instagram or on our subreddit, r slash it's a mimic. Also, if you're feeling particularly generous, please follow and subscribe and leave us positive reviews, likes, and comments. Engagements like that help us pop up on search engines and keep this show running. All right. So the original question that I had written down here in the breakdown was, how do you guys feel about this dragon? But I think we fucking hammered that to death at this point. (laughs) So what I'd like to do is I was sitting here kind of laughing to myself about an hour ago, um, thinking, okay, here's, here's my plot hook. You need to go find the lunar dragon. The lunar dragon exists somewhere on this habitable moon that has oxygen and whatnot. And you run into a bunch of like feral low-level kobolds. It's you know that you're gonna bully the shit out of your players in a little bit. So you need a little bit of levity. So they have in very broken dr- draconic, they keep talking about moon dragon. Time for the moon dragon. We can take you to the moon dragon. And then you've got to go through a number of trials and whatnot to meet the moon dragon which is just like the chief shaman or whoever of of the kobolds turning around, bending over, flipping up their battle skirt and showing you their butt cheeks. Be like, moon dragon, 
And then they all giggle hysterically and scatter into the fucking bushes. And that is what we, and you're like, well, fuck, we went to the wrong place to look for the lunar dragon. Let, let's try something else now. <laughs> anyway, that's all for this part of our discussion on lunar dragons at D&D 5th edition. Please take a second to engage with us with a like, follow, comment, and a review to help push our engagement. And don't forget to subscribe to find future inspirations for your campaigns. If you'd like to support us, we have a store with some merch and a donate button on our website, www.itsamimic.com, as well as a Patreon. This episode and others can also be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and most other podcast apps. Thanks for listening to It's a Mimic, where you never know what you're going to get. This has been an It's a Mimic production. Please check the show notes for this episode to see links, time codes, and credits, and don't forget to reach out and share your own inspirations. What a fucking episode, hey! <laughs> like, I don't, e- I don't even know how to deal with this. This yeah. dragon can fucking kick moon rocks. It sucks. So the good news about the future of draconic episodes is we still have a bunch of really cool dragon monsters out there uh-huh. and death dragons, which are really neat. Those are from Dragonlance, and those are really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Planescape, Planescape just gave us time dragons, mm-hmm. which are far more interesting, and they come with layer actions. So, yeah. like, this, I think, is the lowest point we're going to this be. This is the lowest point of the dragons. Uh, yeah. I, do we still... And you feel like it could have been so great. It, it could have been. been. We made them pretty great. <laughs> we fixed Like, it. we added quite uh, a lot. <laughs> I know. Well, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I feel, like, discouraged. I gotta go DM now in, like, an hour. And I don't want to. I just want to, like... Sit down and watch Game of Thrones so that I can re re up my dragon love. Yeah, yeah, we just didn't. It was just strange, right? There wasn't a lot there. Mm-hmm. there naturally, this kind of dragon, same with the solo dragon, is going to bring a lot of questions, a lot of things we're excited about, and really mm-hmm. inspirations of what you can do with these. And we just had nothing to build on. It just huge oversights. You don't get a wing attack until you're six hundred years old. What the fuck does that mean? You know, it's just. Dumb. And you don't get a wing attack when you're only wings and a body <laughs> like yeah right <laughs> so stupid spelljammer is a damn mess Dude, right. i actually Thanks, had a lot guys. of fun this was fun to hate on something i don't think i've hated yeah. on anything like, like this in a while on an episode i know well, right? and you try and of, find a positive spin but it's hard yeah most of my whole online persona is like being peppy and happy and inspirational <laughs> just like this is going to be a very different episode for anybody to listen to who yeah. is a fan of mine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're going to be shocked. Yeah. <laughs> In this episode of the It's a Mimic podcast, this panel of Dungeon Masters is going to explore another Spelljammer dragon that stalks the cosmos and eats a space pirates. Eats a space pirates. I'm sorry, let me do that again. It's a space pirates. It's <laughs> a space pirates. <laughs> See you next Tuesday.